Well, welcome to the final episode of the M City podcast. Woo! <laughs> My co hosts are thrilled, as you can see. <laughs> it's over! <laughs> because, yeah, the, the final episodes were that good, right, Chris? <laughs> That's why we're so thrilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. No uh-huh. Well, we'll jump right in here. The, the first episode was Forgiveness. It was written by Tom Fontana and Bradford Winters. Directed by John Henry Davis. And the theme, Forgiveness. <laughs> Everyone in M-City has a different opinion of the newest inmate, Idzik. Meanwhile, Alvarez receives some, sh- some shocking news. Murphy makes a confession to Glenn, and Beecher finds himself in a perilous position as a result of his devotion to Keller. Huh. That's been all the, the entire devotion to Keller period, isn't it? Beecher has constantly been in a perilous position due to the fact that he's been released. From season two, yes. <laughs> Pretty much. He broke his fucking arms and legs. Keller just broke his arms. <laughs> Get it right, Chris. <laughs> Details. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Well, in this one, uh, Robson and Vern are friends again. Everything's forgiven between them because Robson killed Cutler. And Cutler left everything to Alvarez for some unknown reason. And, of course, Vern is very upset about this, and he's going to make Alvarez hand over all the, everything, the inheritance to the widow. Um, then Robson's, again, um, oh, Robson's girlfriend who comes to visit, she looks like Hank's wife who died on the bus. <laughs> but, of course, it's a different person. Is it a different actress? Yeah, yeah. A different actress. Um, and then we, we see Hank and Andrew Schillinger. Uh, they're narrating from the box today. Or from the whole. A little of both. They're, they are our, our dead companions. Is this the end of the dead companion? The dead talk episodes? They well, kind of drop it at the end, don't they? Besides Hill. That well, is. Right, we see Hill the whole time, right through the end of all the, but, but I, they stop bringing them back. The special guests. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Did they mention why in your no, perusals? no, no in the commentaries they didn't. That's kind of weird. You, you like kind of commit to, we're gonna do this thing, and then it peters this is out. Oz. <laughs> it's Oz, it's man. Oz. Just accept it. Everything right. they do is it's like they have this, oh, we're gonna do this and then no. <laughs> okay, we got bored with that. Moving on. Yep. Yep. And then McManus brings copies of Hill's book to Oz. And everyone gets a copy. And Arif is stressed running the business. Uh Redding wants his workers back, but they refuse. So he turns in his guys to Pancamo uh, in hopes that Pancamo will do something to force them to come back. I don't want them 
damaged. <laughs> Just <laughs> hurt. <laughs> Especially financially, so they'll have to come work. <laughs> um, Those relationships are so weird. Between mm-hmm. the bosses. Mm-hmm. I, I just have a hard time buying any of those powwows. Yeah. Mm. Next we see uh, Lemuel Idzik. He comes to Oz. He, he killed Saeed. And they put him in Unit J, where he'll be safe away from the people who might want to seek revenge, like Omar White. I am still shocked and amazed that that's Joel Grey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, for, from uh, from the, I, I guess the commentary on the finale, um, and it, this seemed to happen, I guess, with a lot of the, the casting this season of, of some of the new inmates. If there's somebody you recognize, they are, um, you know, they were fans of the show and wanted a part in the show. So and, Joel it was a fan? Yes. And same with uh, Bobby Cannavale. Um, okay, but he was nobody back then, right? Well, he was just on Third Watch, and that's it. Hmm. That's where, you know, people started to recognize him. And, and I guess that show was, like, it lasted for several years. So... See, I have never really, I never saw Third Watch. I didn't know this guy from Adam. And oh. then he suddenly started invading all of my TV. Yes. Recently. <laughs> it's like Nurse Jackie, he shows up. Mm-hmm. And suddenly he's on Boardwalk Empire. And then I watch a movie out of the blue. And like halfway through, it's like, oh my God, it's that same guy. It, it was like Fast Food Nation. He's oh, like yeah, the, yeah. The, the nasty plant manager or something. Yeah. Which yeah. one? Okay, I, I'm I'm kind of lost now because I I remember seeing his name come up in the credits and being like, "Hey, Bobby Cannavale, I know who that is." Mm-hmm. He's the guy with the weird eye. Who's yeah, the drug dealer. Tormata. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we, we we'll see him in a couple of episodes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're talking remember, about it early. I remember seeing that. I actually I knew him. From Will and Grace, because he was on Will and Grace the last couple of seasons. Yeah, wasn't oh, okay. he one of Will's... Uh, He's uh, the guy that Will ends up with. Spoiler never seen alert. Him. I've never seen <laughs> Grace. But I, I, I got obsessed, so I went to his like Wikipedia page and said, Who is this guy? He's playing Italians, he's playing Mexicans, and it turns <laughs> out that he's Italian-Cuban. There you go. So he's got that, that piece of brown yeah. that allows him to play everything. Yeah. He plays a really good Italian, and mm-hmm. then he plays a really great Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> and he plays I can't a real remember city. what. I can't remember what he was on uh, Will and Grace. He was a cop, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Well, I know, I know he was a cop. I can't remember if he was Italian or if he was played cop. <laughs> I don't know. Will and Grace is one of those weird shows. I loved it when it was on. I can't stand it now. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's freakishly tall. And if you saw the last episode of Boardwalk Empire, tackle out! <laughs> he outdid his Oz turn. Okay, I'll have to watch it then. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm a couple episodes behind of Boardwalk Empire. Ah. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. other Sunday night priorities. <laughs> well, you're missing Bobby Wood. Okay. Well, I'll have to watch that. I'll have to catch up. <laughs> then uh, Schillinger extends thanks to Idzik. Um, and Omar ask, Mc, asks McManus about a meeting with Idzik. Uh, that's a no. <laughs> Sean Murphy tells the warden about Dave Brass's lies and about cutting Morales's tendons. And the punishment for this is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little. <laughs> it's just like, what? And you still have a job and you're not, like, put away? Yeah. I'm just going to have to dock your pay. Since, <laughs> you right. the man's tendons. Yeah. Since you came to me about this and told me, then, I'll just, how about this little slap on the wrist? <laughs> Completely unacceptable. Yeah. And then they're all pissed off. It seemed like high school at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where, like, they, the woman, like, is like, hope you're satisfied. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, as we find out later, she, she needs a job. She can't have a, you know, can't be suspended from her job. <laughs> Uh, next, Brass uh, sees Ribadow, tries to convince him to hate Morales. Uh, McManus yells at Murphy for what he did and uh, makes him buy dinner. That's his punishment from uh, McManus. But uh, McManus says he can still trust him, but he's not happy about what he did. <laughs> so even Tim is like Tim is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> He's a terrible administrator. Mm -hmm. I never want him as my boss. Don't yeah. come anywhere near me. <laughs> um, at least you're not a woman. Apparently if he's your boss, you sleep with them, so <laughs> there's a deleted scene, I think, from the next episode, um, where Where he sleeps with a guy. No, he he asks out the the woman who does the telemarketing because <laughs> you know it's like oh he does yeah he does but it was deleted the scene of course was he deleted. does of course he does yeah does he say you, you want to go get something to eat or some coffee <laughs> yeah coffee coffee or a drink yeah nice. yeah nice and and what she shoot him down yeah because she's she's engaged. She uh -huh. she sees that this is a ploy, and it's like, uh, you know, uh, I have a fiancé. <laughs> so, yeah. This space can... Not for you. Right. <laughs> um, next, we have Morales again in the, in the hospital. Um, he tells Leo that he's afraid of Nurse Grace. And that night... Um, she gives him a sedative and smothers him under a pillow. Because nobody in this place ever listens to anybody who right. might be telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, that's a terrible death for Morales, you know? <laughs> oh, well. Wow, this seems like it happened decades ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
did, in fact, 10 years almost <laughs> in 2003, <laughs> nine years ago. True. Uh, I watched this with the first four we watched. Oh, okay. Okay. Fact, watched I watched it. everything. It, I would, it like took me forever to finish the series, and then I realized, oh, I'm on the last episode. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I watched everything in a marathon session up to the last episode. Okay. Well, no wonder. <laughs> Uh, next, Norma and the baby proposed to Boo's Malice, and he said yes. Aww. Aww. They're going to give it baby. another try. I wonder I, if they didn't say if that was, you know, the real baby, the real, you know, Schillinger baby, or Vern, um, J.K. Simmons' baby. Was it? Well, she's she's his wife. Uh, the actress is J.K. Simmons' wife, but I don't know if that was their baby. For the for the show. <laughs> um, next, Rebidow quits the library. Um, then McManus talks to Stella. She talks to Rebidow. He ignores her, and Pablo yells at him. Then uh, Leo and the detective figured out who killed Wilson Lowen, um, and it was one of the COs, uh, Johnson. He was ultimately you know he hired the person who killed Lowen mm -hmm. and um, he also just bought a Jaguar which is unusual for a uh, for the salary of a prison guard yep nice way to hide it yeah <laughs> it's like how about not being a prison guard that would be <laughs> the, the thing I'd buy myself right right for, nah. you know Get me out of here. Get me in another country. Set me up for life. Mm -hmm. And I'll take care of your little problem. Well, he was set up for life a little bit later. Ah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Jazz Hoyt is being moved to the psych unit. Um, and Timmy's mom. Hold up. Okay. Okay, we have Timmy's mom. She's a nurse, and she decides to volunteer at Oz in the hospital. Then Cyril has side effects from the ECT treatments. So Gloria is nice and lets him stay in the hospital for a little while. And he talks to Ryan. So he, Ryan helps to calm him down. Um, then the, the homeboys ask Jeffrey Naima to lead them. He tells them they need to do something positive with their time instead of, you know, selling the drugs and everything. Then Ryan confronts his mom regarding the relationship with Naima. Um, then Redding tells Ryan to uh, tie him to his mom's crime. Because apparently their connection goes back to that. Uh, Keller taunts his favorite FBI agent. Uh, Henry Stanton is in the hospital and asks for Beecher's pro bono help with his injury and work assignments. Uh, Keller is bored with life in Oz, but really he misses Beecher. Uh, they talk later in the visiting room and Keller does his best to make Beecher feel awkward and uncomfortable. Keller confesses to Beecher that he killed Winthrop. He wants Beecher to help his ex-girlfriend, Bonnie, no, his ex-wife, his ex-wife, Bonnie, uh, to get chemo 
and uh, but the chemo is illegal here in the U.S. and so Beecher agrees to get it and then of course Keller reports Beecher and he's back inside. Wait, wait, it wasn't chemo, it was like some pills, right? Some drug that was illegal? Yeah, that's chemo. Oh, I thought chemo was the radiation therapy. No, it can be, it can be, no, chemo is a drug, because that's, you know, chemical. Oh, no, so is so, what I know. Yeah, and so I am it a can very be... ignorant person. <laughs> it can be IV or pills, so, ah. yeah. Really? Chemotherapy is a, a drug? Mm-hmm. Ah. <sighs> yep. I See, learning, there, every, <laughs> learning everything through TV, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, yes, when you have a parent who works at MD Anderson, the cancer hospital, for, you know, 35 years, then, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know these things. <laughs> so shows like Breaking Bad are no fun for you. Because she's Why? constantly correcting it in all its inaccuracies. No, <laughs> she doesn't watch it. Luckily, <laughs> I don't think she could handle it. No. That's that's why my father used to be with submarine movies. Ah. He was very very critical <laughs> of the mm -hmm. operations of Hollywood subs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and there were a couple of deleted scenes for this episode uh, Beecher talks to Sister Pete about Keller's release from death row uh, Miguel looks through Cutler's things Leo um, and I think McManus they fought about Pender's lawsuit settlement and Pender's gets sick and has to go back to the hospital and our next episode is A Day in the Death. Okay. A Day in the Death, written by Tom Fontana and Sunil Nayar and Bradford Winters. Directed by Daniel Laughlin. Theme, Causes of Death. New inmate Idzik faces his enemies and requests a transfer. Meanwhile, the Lowen case grows increasingly complicated. The Muslims run into business trouble, and the inmate population comes together to support the O'Reilly's. Yeah, this this episode had a commentary with all three of the Winters brothers. So with uh, Dean plays Ryan, Bradford the writer, and Scott who plays Cyril. And uh, Bradford Winters he wrote the scenes with um, for his brothers. That was the story his storyline. This is, and, I think the one episode in the entire season that got me a little a little misty oh yeah 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 this one was actually mm -hmm. uh well played out mm -hmm. it was emotional yeah yeah definitely um uh, so bradford said that writing for his brothers was easier than he thought it would be you know especially considering the the subject matter that he had to write about and he he wrote the O'Reilly storyline and Hill's scenes in the box that were um, about the death penalty and, and that so in this one um, Keller finally he sees Beecher 
in the gym and Beecher rejects him and says that he should have left Keller on death row. Yep. <laughs> I 100% agree with that sentiment. Yeah. 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 But, you know, Keller was getting Dumb. lonely. Dummy. Yeah. <laughs> he let himself get manipulated. I got fucked in the ass again. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what does Keller do? He runs back to Vern Schillinger. And now those two are friends again. Of course. Yeah. See, this whole thing was tiring for me. It was tiring for me back in season two. (laughs) (laughs) What what was it about uh, this time around? It's the same old shit. This guy is uh, not a believable character. You guys love him. I assume this is a visual, physical kind of love and not a (laughs) character-based love in any way, shape, fashion, or form. Yeah, it's visually based for me, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) That being in a bucket just turns you on every time. (laughs) Yeah, we got to see it again. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Great. <laughs> Get a t-shirt made up for you. Keller peeing in a bucket. <laughs> yeah, I could wear that everywhere. Mm-hmm. Great. He said that in in the commentary, they said that the the writers were joking around about how there should have been a spinoff series, a sitcom for uh, Beecher and Keller. <laughs> I don't know if they actually wrote any scenes that would have been in this sitcom, but you know. I'm sure that's about as far as that joke got. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we see Rebidow. He apologizes to Stella. But he's already uh, burned that bridge and she's not appreciative. Exactly. <laughs> uh, then Idzik goes to M City, winds up as Omar's cellmate. Because. Uh, because that's, that's how stupid things happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> in Emerald City. <laughs> and then they become best friends. Like, let's send this guy to the same prison that he shot an inmate and then put him in the same yeah. section of the prison where all those guys are. And then put him in with the same cellmate as the guy who most wanted to have him dead. Mm-hmm. Just to prove a point. Yeah. <laughs> These are the social experiments that Oz was playing on the viewer. Because, yeah, you know, <laughs> How everything's much okay in Oz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much can you take? Yeah. Clearly they cleaned up uh, all the poison that was in the hole. Uh, yeah, I guess so. And solitary and all that, yeah. Hey, way to drop a storyline, Oz. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. They brought back another one. (laughs) So, Leo keeps investigating the governor's possible role in uh, Wilson Lowen's killing. And C.O. Johnson is hired to kill Brant and Warden Glynn. Uh, Robson talks to Sister Pete. 
um, he's upset about the the rape he suffered, and then we see a prison support group of men who have been raped. And then in the commentary, um, they talked about um, how prison fails at rehabilitation and and as a training okay. ground for new criminals. Yeah, they just kind of get worse. Exactly, and. Well, the they, interesting thing is when you when you do a crime that gets you a um, that gets on your record, you're now you, you, you <laughs> finding a job once you're out is nearly impossible because everyone looks on your record and sees that you've done a crime, and right. who wants to hire criminals? Mm-hmm. So that just means. You creating more criminals. <laughs> yeah. Watching Oz in close <laughs> proximity to seeing injustices go down makes me as edgy as I've ever been about the whole concept of being arrested. Mm-hmm. Don't like it. No, sir. Don't like it. On the lighter note here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they, were, <laughs> they were talking on the commentary about... They were amazed at the wide variety of people who watch the show. And, you know, they get stopped on the street. And, uh, you know, it, it, it always surprises them. Like, you watch the show? Yeah. Did they so have the, examples? Um, you know, like old ladies or younger people. and You know, all kinds, all age and race. Mm-hmm. Uh, all. So Oz know. had a universal appeal. Yeah, and they said that, you know, people are just, they're looking for humanity in the characters, and that may explain some of the the broad appeal. Um, otherwise, you know, they weren't sure why people would watch something that's so graphic. <laughs> it was because kind of somebody's making them. To... <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Amelia for the win. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She did say after, I think, what, episode one? (laughs) That this is not something that she would be interested in continuing to do. (laughs) She made no bones about the fact that this is not her cup of tea. (laughs) And by and large, I kind of agree with you. I would not have finished this show if it weren't for this podcast. <sighs> Jeez. It's true. We're talk- we're here to talk the truth. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, we're not just recanting, you know, we're not going through the episode guide. No. It's not something what. I haven't Right. It's it's our opinion on the show, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it had some great, great launch pad. You know, it launched a great many interesting careers. This was a an interesting group of of people doing some great ensemble stuff in individual episodes, but as a whole, just grindingly punishing, and without much joy to be had. Hmm. Well, they had a great time filming it. And <laughs> so it was like Smokey and the Bandit on their set, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, they had a, 
you know, because they knew that it was, you know, quality writing. And, and that's something that, um, that Dean Winters was saying that, you know, a, a lot of other things that he's done since then, he'll read it and, you know, it, it just, it's just not the same. It's just not the, Pale the same. To, well, he, this was a meaty role yeah. for him. He was like front center. Yeah. Uh, for the first couple of seasons, he was almost the lead. He was, yeah. Yeah. They shied away from Beecher and went right to Ryan O'Reilly. A number one, King Dick. <laughs> See, there are a few characters whose names I got now. Finally. After <laughs> how many seasons did we watch? Yeah. Finally, know some of these clowns' names. There's still people that's like, "What's that guy?" I don't know. He's he's the goofy-eyed Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know his name. <laughs> and that wasn't meant to be racist. That was meant to be. That's how. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He's part of the uh, the Hispanic gang, and he's got googly eyes. You <laughs> know, I have googly eyes. He's straight. Trying to say. Up. <laughs> he's strangely cleaned up no I mean like you know this guy looks like he has a glass eye or something what do you mean you have googly eyes what does that mean <laughs> I don't know <laughs> uh, and everybody knows who I'm talking about right yeah I think it was it Gara yes uh-huh. the guy whose yeah. name I don't know yeah. named Gara <laughs> after six seasons right well and uh alvarez when uh when cutler's widow came to visit the the actress who played um who was it kathy joe cutler was the woman that kirk acevedo was dating at the time mm -hmm. so they had fun with those scenes <laughs> Uh, then Glenn finally starts investigating the deaths in the hospital, and they arrest the nurse. They figured it out. <laughs> and uh, he figured something out. <laughs> I know. Now he's solving crimes, <laughs> and we see where that gets him. Like um, one of the few times, <clears throat> and they should have figured it out before they hired her. Right. Like checking her references. <laughs> <laughs> yes, especially that she worked at St. Allegis. Ah. That was the hospital from St. Elsewhere where Tom Fontana also wrote mm -hmm. for that show. Which was all a dream. Pretty spooky, yeah. Tom. <laughs> do you think, oh, Chris, have you seen this week's episode of Sons of Anarchy? I do not watch Sons of Anarchy. Okay. I started and Darn. it was just not grabbing me. I know everybody mm -hmm. says the show is phenomenal, and yeah, uh, I will power through the first season one day. But like, uh, it's there are several <laughs> shows that like Sons of Anarchy and um, Mad Men. Mm -hmm. They fall into my Oz category, like. I know this is supposed to be good, but like I'm not feeling it, and I, maybe mm -hmm. I'm just not giving it enough time to grow. But 
there's some things that I can just like pop in and it's like immediate joy, happy rapture. I didn't have to work for this. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Breaking bad, maybe. No, I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> uh-huh. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. <laughs> that show's so good. I started listening to their podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun to listen to. Anyway. <laughs> and back to us. Oh. <laughs> I know. We're almost done. Power through! <laughs> north, okay. Miss Tushmarker, north! So, finally, uh, for the... Okay, Burr, he's still trying to get his guys back to telemarketing. And he arranges an accident in the bookbinding shop. And so some of their equipment is destroyed. Um, then then we go to the O'Reilly boys. Uh, Ryan talks to Gloria about Cyril, and they decide on electrocution as the method of execution. They're going to they're gonna tell him it's just another ECT treatment that he's going to. Uh, then he gets his head shaved, and uh, that happiness on Dean's face was real. And uh, Brad, the the writer, he he also had his head shaved after the scene was filmed. In in solidarity with his brother. Um, then they uh, enjoy a meal of fluffernutters. Um, said that during the filming they were they were very emotional during the filming. They had to stop a few times because they were they were too emotional for the scene. Um, uh, Dean Ryan stayed up all night before the filming to help him get into that state where he could do this uh, this pre-execution scene with his brother, and he could and he couldn't watch the even the rehearsals for the scene with Suzanne and when Cyril was being prepared for execution. Then uh, Suzanne comes to say goodbye. Um, and then at the time of the execution, everyone in M-City went back to their cells and banged on the glass. And that was their sign of solidarity with, uh, with Cyril. That's the part that kind of made me a little, mm-hmm. uh, got me a little emotional. It's a little dusty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, then um, they, you know, they take him to the to the chamber and strap him in and then at the last second um, they got the call he got to a stay of execution yay for now <laughs> <laughs> and there were a couple of deleted scenes from this episode uh, Sister Pete uh, tells Keller to stop manipulating people he loves and um, from his response she realizes she'll never get through to him uh, Omar asks Beecher to help him kill Idzik, and Tim. And this is the one where Tim asks the telemarketing woman Donna out for a drink. In my sack. The next episode is Junkyard Dogs. Chris. Junkyard Dogs, written by Tom Fontana and Chuck. Oh God. <laughs> Schweitzer? Schweitzer? Okay. Yeah. Schweitz? Schweitzer. Schweitzer. Okay. Great. Chuck Schweitzer. 
Directed by Theodore Bogosian. <laughs> and take two. <laughs> Junkyard Dogs. Junkyard Dogs, written by Tom Fontana and Chuck Schweitzer. Directed by Theodore Bogosian. <laughs> Theme, junk. Three new inmates arrive at Oz. One of whom is per particularly close to the O'Reilly clan. Meanwhile, the Keller-Beecher-Schillinger triangle gets even more pointed. It's a pointed triangle? Okay. And an awards banquet ends in a fateful discovery. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> or should we be playing sad trombone? I don't know. <laughs> Not the suspense music. I think That's we need the, uh, the Law and Order. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Do-do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Poet is looking for a new high. And uh, the new inmate, Bukowski, has a secret brownie recipe. And uh, that that will do. And he's uh, he's selling the brownies in the cafeteria the magical brownies that have no means of being traced right (laughs) okay this was something i had a question about and maybe y'all can clear it up for me Mm -hmm. i thought that oz was maximum security that's what they say prison so why is a guy who was convicted on possession of marijuana in a maximum security prison because he, it was more than possession. It was for sale, distribution, sale and distribution. Sale. Right. That makes him a crime lord. It's a federal there you crime. Go. Right. Okay, federal crime. Does that really warrant like? Because everybody else in Oz seems to be there because they killed somebody or. Not everybody. There are people. There have been inmates who haven't killed. Okay. But, uh, like, for instance, Sa- uh, Saeed killed no one. He blew up a building. Right. <laughs> that could have killed someone. <laughs> could have killed somebody, but no one was harmed in the destruction of this right. building. It just seemed a little odd to me that, yeah. you know, the guy who's convicted for possession and distribution of marijuana <laughs> sent... I'm telling you, man. To maximum security prison. But that's that's part of, you know, what why... Tom Fontana was doing the show to point out the silly sentencing like that. And, you know, it's something um, that also there's a deleted scene um, where even Bukowski himself, he mentions that he's like, there are like murderers and people in here. Why am I in here? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a good scene to leave in uh, yeah. people. Apparently. Who are <laughs> probably not listening to this, but that's right. Somebody call Tom Fontana right now. It means you could have written this, Amelia. I probably could have. <laughs> so poet poet wants to run the uh, the brownie business and tries to get the recipe. Thinks he's got it, and so he okay's um, Pancamo killing Bukowski and then he finds out that it's not the right recipe 
Um, what a dumbass. This is just dumbass yeah. activity. <laughs> right. So, well, that's why he went back there even after getting paroled. Anyway. <laughs> so, so then they finally go back to Burr Redding. And their new plan is to steal credit card information from the telemarketing people. And they never go back to this at all, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> it's just like, okay, here's a storyline that's going to develop. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we know that, that all the businesses and everything was shut down for a while, but they'll be back. <laughs> so, um, then uh, Paolo and Pablo, not Paolo, <laughs> Pablo and Ribadal are worried about Stella. Uh, I guess she's having her lumpectomy that day. Uh, that Busmalis and Norma are getting married. She's late again by like an hour and a half, and they're, you know, saying, well, uh, maybe this isn't going to happen. But when Busmalis starts counting down, then she shows up, and we have a happy ending for somebody. Huzzah. Yay. A happy moment in Oz. <laughs> but just a moment. Uh, then Insik uh, wants to know when Omar plans to kill him. Omar tells McManus about what's going on. Of course, McManus doesn't believe it. Uh, again, it's just like... Uh, same storyline. <laughs> <laughs> um, One more time. Yeah. Omar refuses to kill Idzik, and so Idzik kills Omar after they talk about the end of the universe and everything. That was kind of surprising, and I was strangely sad to see Omar go. Mm-hmm. Strange. Strange. <laughs> Should have been ecstatic, but, like, I, I was... I don't know if it was growing on me or what, but... <laughs> he does uh, that. <laughs> I guess he does. And yeah. He really does. Mm -hmm. uh, then Robson finds out he's HIV positive. Then, wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> Cyril is still on death row. Uh, Gloria tells Ryan that she was a little bit glad that Cyril was going to be executed, but then she felt bad about it. <laughs> That'll help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ryan wants to work in the hospital. He wants to help people now. And we have a new inmate, Seamus O'Reilly, father of Cyril and Ryan. Uh, Ryan tells McManus he doesn't want Seamus anywhere near him. And then Schillinger is cast as the lead in the play, and Beecher is Macduff. Uh, Beecher confronts Schillinger and Keller in the library and they decide that he knows too much and they've got to kill him. So then uh, Beecher gets called into rehearsal early, but there's not really a rehearsal. It's Keller who ties him up and tortures him backstage with a fake shank or a real shank. Um, Everybody's favorite king. <laughs> Um, he, he tells Beecher that he took the job to keep him safe because, you know, Schillinger wants to kill you, but 
He's a double agent, or is he? Who cares at this point? <laughs> <laughs> okay, man. Uh, real shank him. Real shank killer. Real fake. Real fake. Um, I really, literally didn't care who died. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> yep. Kill them both. We're finally going to have a resolution to that storyline, and you say. Yeah. yeah. It's like, too late. <laughs> the okay. Three seasons too late for that. Jeez. <laughs> you should have gotten him with the pointy fingernails. That would have been awesome. <laughs> now you see, that's back when the show was kind of awesome. Yeah, season three. <laughs> Don't go bringing stuff up like that. That's that's wrong. <laughs> God damn it. So I was actually engaged. Oh my God, you're making me remember I was engaged in this series. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> and, um, McManus talks to the parole board, parole board uh, guy on Alvarez's behalf. He wants him to give him another chance, but yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, then Cutler's widow, Kathy Joe, comes to visit again, and she and Miguel grow closer. Uh, then we see Bobby Cannaval. Uh, Alonzo Torquemada and he is a club owner party boy king of the night uh, he wants to get closer to Alvarez and wants to distribute his synthetic drug destiny or D-tabs in Oz more invented drugs <laughs> this seems to be the season of it yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Then Leo is still investigating the death of Willie Brandt. And Yude uh, advises him to move on. And of course, Leo keeps investigating. And so our other favorite CO, Johnson, hires the same guy who killed Brandt. Uh, and we find out that Leo is dating Tim's ex. Um out of the fucking blue. Right. <laughs> what? What happened to his secretary? Gone. Just gone, McReady. Yeah, she was just there in those few episodes, and, and that's it. We never saw her again. Never developed into shit. No. Mm -mm. So many opportunities for storylines just seems to be pissed away for no good reason. Mm. And then this one just shoehorn it in <laughs> right it'll cause pathos it'll make oh. her more sympathetic <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so tim is moping around and then he finally decides to go to the to the party um but leo is late and so he goes looking for him follows a trail of blood leo has been stabbed he walks into the banquet collapses and dies. And I was actually dead. wondering whether he was dead or not at the end of this episode. Oh, and cool. I was kind of surprised when he was dead <laughs> at the beginning of the next episode. Oh, well, yeah, Glor Gloria said he's dead. So Yeah, but, you know, people do that all the time in cliffhanger type <laughs> shows. Okay. Then okay. it's like, oh, he's not really, he really dead. dead. <laughs> yeah, he was really dead. 
on this show, I wouldn't be surprised if they got like a heart transplant for him. You know, it's like, hey, we can fix him. <laughs> we can okay, do anything. But... Just put him, put him next to the Chinese immigrants. It's fine. <laughs> oh, I kind of thought they were going to um, somehow accuse McManus of it. Of the death? Yeah, because he came running in after. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm like, they're going to think McManus did it. No, that would have been clever. <laughs> <laughs> No awe. <laughs> Not awe. Awe. There were a couple of deleted scenes. And I told you about the first one with O'Reilly and Bukowski. And the second one, Sister Pete and Gloria talk about Robson's diagnosis. Isn't that supposed to be confidential? On both sides? Yeah, but they were... He's he's a patient of both of them. And, yeah, and so they should have kept confidentiality in both ways? Well, no. <laughs> because, obviously, no. <laughs> no, because, I mean, they're, they're allowed to discuss it when treating him so they can, like, you know, coordinate their treatment plans. <laughs> so they're allowed to discuss the case. Okay. Well, that's cool. Seems strange to me. Yeah. I mean, these two get together and discuss how poor they are at their jobs on a regular basis. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just assume everything they're doing is wrong. But go okay. ahead. Okay. And now, drumroll please, the final episode. What? <laughs> Exeunt Omnis. Written by Tom Fontana. Wait, what was this title? Exeunt Omnis. Is this Latin? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it means? All exit. I didn't know. Okay. Mass <laughs> exodus. Oh. Everybody out of the pool. Ah. Everybody out of the pool. <laughs> Everybody out of the show. <laughs> I'm shutting this bitch down! Let's go! <laughs> I, I like Amelia's everybody out of the pool <laughs> there's a thunderstorm coming everybody out of the pool <laughs> there's a floater <laughs> no there's a thunderstorm nope floater oh, gosh. somebody left the brown betty in the pool run <laughs> I say the same thing when I'm taking my clothes out of the washer and putting them in the dryer Exeunt Omnis? No, everybody out of the pool. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought she was talking about floaters. But... Right? Yeah. <laughs> no way and this is going. Yeah. <laughs> Reel it back in. Okay. Exeunt Omnis. Written by Tom Fontana. Directed by Alex Sikruski. Theme? True facts. Hmm. Oz style true facts. Right, Oz facts. <laughs> in the final episode of this hit drama series, Oz is in upheaval. <laughs> That's what it says. 
It's like, we have to keep reminding you. This is a hit, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oz is in upheaval following the return of Martin Querns. Querns! <laughs> right? Don't fuck with Querns. Oh, this guy's hilarious. They couldn't find anybody else to... No, they had to pay for it. Wasn't yeah. fired for his previous indiscretions. Well, yeah, and you knew you knew Tim wasn't going to be promoted. Come on, the governor is not going to give him the job. So, meanwhile, how Howell and Howell and Robson each receive troubling news. Mukata, yeah, she does. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Mukata answers an unsolved mystery. <laughs> Wonder what that could be. <sighs> and the O'Reilly's struggle to make amends. Finally, the prison production of Macbeth ends with a staggering final act. This one had a commentary with Tom Fontana and Terry Kinney. They talked about the uh, the difficulty of killing off Leo Glynn. Um, and also he said it was it was difficult to kill Augustus Hill. He was the uh, the most difficult character to kill off and Leo was the second. <laughs> um, but he wanted to I can't imagine why. <laughs> mm-hmm. Leo's storylines were always kind of on the periphery, never central to the story, and kind of hackneyed. Yeah. In my opinion. <laughs> it's like they tried to ingrate they tried to make him part of the storyline with the whole rape thing. But that just was that became so so you know, on its face. It's like, tell me who did it. No. Tell me who did it. No. I hate you. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That's all we had to say about that. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, but Fontana, he wanted to leave with Quern's in charge, so people would people would want to know what happened ultimately to Oz, and want to know how things turned out with uh, with him in charge. Um, and we also found out, well, that something about about Terry Kinney's real life. <laughs> um, his wife then was um, Catherine Irby, who played um, Shirley Bellinger. So those two were were married then. I thought we knew that already. Oh, or okay. I I knew that already. You did. Sorry. Yeah, I I I didn't know or I had forgotten. Oh. So. Okay, maybe I, think I knew you that mentioned already. it. I think you, no. I think you mentioned it, Susan. Did I? Well, I forgot. To us <laughs> during an episode. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> oh, forget it. <laughs> so they all come back from the funeral and talk about Leo. Um. Henry Stanton ratted, ratted on Kelsch, who ratted on Johnson, and Tim traced a path back to the governor, and uh, the governor decided to get out of Oz. 
And then they sent um, Martin Quirns as the new warden. Tim got a month's notice, but that may change, so we don't know if he's uh, still in charge or not. Stella is back, uh, wants to get a book to Pablo, but he's in the hole. So um, she arranges to um, sit outside his cell and read to him. Then uh, Busmalis wants, to, wants a child of his own, and he wants to artificially inseminate Norma. Hires a prisoner's rights lawyer, loses the case, and then tries to kill, kill the judge. Gets tossed into solitary. Yeah, but he gets tossed into solitary with his clothes on. <laughs> well, it's, it's solitary. It's not the hole. Oh, okay. But, like, wouldn't that warrant a hole? <laughs> Probably, but they were being nice to him because, you know, he's old. He's an elder. Right. <laughs> uh, I guess, like, is the hole at the end of solitary? Yes. It's like the last cell? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was always kind of confusing me yeah. about how that worked. You'd see them walking down the same hallway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, isn't this all the same fucking place? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then sometimes they're naked and sometimes they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's not very solitary when all the fucking windows are open and people are talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's their, their, their social network. <laughs> <laughs> it's just goofy. Yeah. And uh, he he talks to his best friend, Claire Howell. He tells her, I'll never be a father. And she's like, yeah, we've all got problems. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she just found out she's pregnant. And, you know, it could be any of the inmates. So. <laughs> That's just, uh. Yeah. Nobody cares about the storyline. Nobody yeah. cares about her. This yep. is a wasted time. <laughs> so that's that's the last we see of Claire Owl. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> and uh, Jackson Vahue came back to visit. Officer Brass wants to be his best friend. <laughs> um, and he, he gets kind of creepy. And then we find out later that... Um, Brass showed up at one of the practices and shot at Vehu, and so he'll probably be put in Oz for doing that. His look in when he was being put into the car was so manic. It was just yeah. Calm. It's like, yay, I finally did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm famous. I'm changing the game. I'm changing the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been better just keep the money, which we never hear about again. Like, what did Weaverdale yeah. do with the cash? Gave it to the family. Is that what happened? Or are you just making an assumption? I'm just making an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we never hear about it again. We just know that it was Weaverdale's to decide where it went. So Hoyt's dad, Jazz Hoyt's dad, visits with uh, Father Ray and Sister Pete, tells them Jazz was adopted, and then they start looking for his birth parents. Uh, Kirk's mom is getting inappropriately close to Father Mukata. He rejects her, she slaps him, and then Hoyt is killed that night. 
then uh, Mukata. Oh, this and but before he dies, he confesses to Father Mukata that Cloutier, the Reverend Cloutier's body, is behind the wall in the cafeteria. Aha! There's where it happened. Yes, and <laughs> I th- I thought it we happened earlier. Insane. You were insane. <laughs> <laughs> I I reflect your insanity back. <laughs> yes, and I'll I'll tell you why I was confused. <laughs> because I was watching. You I was, were confused. You had us like going, "What the fuck? When did we miss uh-huh. this?" <laughs> because I I was I had watched a couple of clips of Oz on YouTube, and so you know because of the timing, you know, I thought, well, I've seen it. Why haven't they seen it? I should know this. <laughs> So, but then, of course, I didn't recognize Eclipse until later when I saw Torquemada <laughs> strutting into Oz. I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, oops. <laughs> but hey, and, and I had a problem with him leaving the body there because, you know, it's in the cafeteria. And do you <laughs> really want a rotting body? <laughs> Behind the wall, in the wall cafeteria, that you just chipped away and put back by hand. So yeah. It's not so yeah, the bugs are gonna get out. They're gonna. <laughs> it's like really, you. Yeah, just don't eat the cafeteria food. Yeah, yeah. All good. So it turns out that um, Arif had something to do with the uh, destruction of the bookbinding equipment. Not, It wasn't just uh, Redding. So, um, he... I thought he... it was just Redding, and Arif knew about the fact that it was Redding and confronted Redding on it, and when Redding said, you, you better consider um, what doing this would do for your your poorly doing business he basically kept quiet he didn't physically do anything he just uh, accepted the insurance money okay well I guess I misunderstood then yeah okay Okay. everybody uh, clear <laughs> clear Okay, then uh, we see we get back to uh, Bobby Torquemada. I'm He's... glad you're saying it because I'd never be able to get through that name. <laughs> um, he's making deals with the Italians because I, I guess on the outside he worked with Pencamo's nephew or something. Uh, he gives them some of the destiny to try. And in in the commentary, we find out Terry Kinney was the one who he was the only one who could put in and take out the contact lens that he that he was wearing that white contact lens. And so I guess everybody else had had trouble with it, and he knew what to do to put it in and not hurt Bobby. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing but sympathy for people who deal with contact lenses. Yeah. Yeah, I tried them several times. Yeah. I gave up after the fly. The fly? I went to see the fly. Mm-hmm. I did contacts in. I'm in the bathroom 
of a theater sticking my finger in my fucking eye trying to get a contact lens on properly so I can go and watch a movie. And that's when I went, okay, glasses are for me. Mm. I'm done with this. It's like poking myself in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Chris, we find out your favorite character, Chico Guerra. He's uh, enjoying the... uh, So his name's Chico? Chico, yes. Oh, God. (laughs) He's enjoying the D-tabs a little too much, and he goes to the hospital. Did he die? No, he didn't die. Oh. No. I got the impression he died. No. Chico, he starts stripping. (laughs) It's like, I'm hot. I'm hot. I'm Africa hot. Um, then Kathy Joe comes to visit Miguel again, and this time they kiss, and Miguel gets in trouble with the Aryans, and we find out she will also be talked to. <laughs> uh, and this is a storyline that will never be picked up on again. Well, it's the final episode. <laughs> um, uh, but, so why all these setups? I don't know. Yeah. It, it's that thing that Amelia life goes up, on. Like, Right down to the last minute, they were introducing new fucking characters. Yeah. Exactly. Because life goes on. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) But Alvarez uh, apologizes to uh, Ruiz, the parole board guy, who provokes him again and tells him he's never getting out. Then later... um, in his cell, he asks Torquemada for a D-tab. That was a sad end to that story. It was. I figured the guy was just testing him yet again. I kind of thought that too. And was not happy that he... was just like, no, you're never getting out. Yeah. Alvarez, one of the few, the proud, the guys who tried. Yes. And yeah. Then Tim and the lawyer ask Sister Pete to talk to Idzik because Idzik's lawyer slept through his murder trial. And, um, but Idzik basically has a very elaborate suicide plan. Wants to be put to death. And he said that he killed Saeed because of a conversation that they had, um, before, before uh, Saeed was a Muslim, before he was in Oz. Um, Wasn't he in France or something? France or Istanbul or some somewhere. Yeah, and talking about the end of the world. And then Idzik became obsessed with that. And was, and that's why he killed Saeed for... Worst explanation ever. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And shame for shame. In, in the commentary, we find out that the um, that flashback to uh, Saeed was from Iman Walker's audition tape. That's why he looked so young and so different in in the in that scene. What did he do in the flashback? I forgot. He, he was just talking. So it was just a. We hear what he was saying. No, because he was he was reading 
Saeed's lines. The um, the auditions are on are also extras, and so yeah, watch some of that later. I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, that, but it's a sentence. Death sentence is overturned, and he's back in M City. And Seamus O'Reilly is also in Oz. Uh, he won't visit his son Cyril. He asks uh, Schillinger to kill Jeffrey Naima, and Schillinger won't do it. So Seamus tries to do it himself, and he gets stabbed. Dumbass. <laughs> yeah. Cyril goes to his last special ECT treatment. Uh, Gloria goes to Ryan in the gym, and this time Cyril is executed. Then, Sad. Yeah. He didn't even it's get like, Fluffer Nutter this time. I know. It's like the one person in Oz who shouldn't be executed was... And then back in the hospital, Seamus decides he wants to see Cyril, but it's too late. So he apologizes to Ryan, uh, says he doesn't want to die alone, and Ryan decides to forgive him, takes his hand and sits down and talks to him. Because it's too late, baby, yeah, it's too late. try to make it. I thought you weren't going to sing this time. <laughs> hey, it's the last episode. I can do what I want. <laughs> I can do what I want. <laughs> then uh, Schillinger met with his sister, who and she brought some photos of his granddaughter. Um, Beecher meets with uh, the FBI agent about Christopher Keller. Chris Keller. Mm-hmm. And then it's opening night of the play. Keller gives Beecher a real shank instead of the prop shank. And Schillinger is stabbed and dies during the play. And that storyline is done. <laughs> it's <laughs> over. Schillinger did look surprised. Yeah, definitely. I think he I think before he collapsed he said that Keller double crossed him or something. Imagine that. Yeah, because, you know, everyone can trust Keller. Keller's a good guy. <laughs> so it's determined to be an accident. He's part of the Upstanding Citizens Brigade. Yes. <laughs> and when uh, Beecher gets back to M-City, he finds that Keller is his cellmate. Of course. And who set that up? Yeah. McManus. Mm-hmm. McManus really hates him? <laughs> Those guys are always be best friends. Keller and Beecher. They're doing a sitcom. The tree. K I S S I N. Yes. And uh, of course, you know, Keller wants Beecher back, confesses to setting him up, tells Beecher he loves him. And um, of course, you know, Beecher rejects him, says um, Keller is death. And he wants to live. Beecher wants to live. And so um, Keller kind of makes it look like they're having an argument. They're up on the on the second level of Oz. And then he uh, falls slash jumps from the, uh, from the uh, second level. And he dies. 
Huzzah! And so it really is the end of that storyline. <laughs> Huzzah! <laughs> the triangle has become just a line. I'm a dot, really. A dot. A feature. A point. Yes. A so, prick in a pail. A prick in a pail. Oh, gosh. So... Um, and then in the in the commentary, Tom Fontana said that Chris Maloney wanted to wanted to be killed off in the last episode in some big dramatic way like that. So he got what he wanted. <laughs> um, but oh, and also before he dies, Keller says that he handled the Aryans, and what he meant was he sent an unmarked package to the mailroom. Which How? had some mysterious white powder. How? Well, one of his friends on the outside had it. Yeah. You know, actually did the sending of it. One of the wives? Who knows? When, we'll, <laughs> we'll never know. Uh-huh. So everyone in the mailroom died. Because <laughs> the dumbass opened it. <laughs> right? Because he hadn't heard about... Uh, Anthrax. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so then the the whole prison was evacuated. Everyone was put on buses. And Tim says, we'll be back one day. <laughs> Is that a threat? <laughs> right. Um, and then we see the, the cleaning crew coming in. And yes, that was Tom Fontana in the green suit turning off the lights. Oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't see Ryan O'Reilly get on the bus. I may have just missed it, but... Yeah, he, he was on the bus. Everybody got on the bus. Um, and Tom Fontana said that the original idea was a flood, um, but that was too expensive. <laughs> so, White powder in yeah. a rush, in a pinch. Yeah, mysterious white powder. <laughs> what is the cheapest makes the least amount of sense? <laughs> That'll have to do. We'll do that. Yeah. And so there, okay, there's a, there are three deleted scenes and uh, the first one, Gloria fights for Pender's right for a kidney transplant. And I think that entire storyline was cut out (laughs) because there was, um, I guess a couple episodes back, we heard about Pender's getting sick in a deleted scene. And then, um, okay, who's Pender? Remember, he's the one who trained the dog to attack. Oh, him. Yeah, okay. and I when, had no clue who you were yeah. talking about. And when when they were evacuating the hospital, he was in a in a wheelchair being wheeled out of a hospital. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we find out why he was in the hospital. He needs a kidney transplant. Um, and then Father Ray asked McManus for advice about women. Because he's the right guy to ask. Um, and McManus asked Sister Pete to um, help get Idzik off death row. Did you skip the storyline where um, the father was, um, like, said, don't touch me to the, um, to the, uh, the woman who was kind of sweet on him and she, no, she, she reacted about that. poorly? She did? Yeah, she mentioned it. 
I was completely zoning out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was uh, Timmy's mom, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she talked about it. Wow. Sorry about that. <laughs> As you were. <laughs> well, you know, just like I forgot about Terry Kinney's wife. Um, so, hey, it's all right. <laughs> so, what have we learned? What's the lesson for today? For all the never-ending days and restless nights in Oz, that morality is transient, that virtue cannot exist without violence, that to be honest is to be flawed, that the given and taking of love both debases and elevates us, that God or Allah or Yahweh has answers to questions we dare not even ask. The story is simple. A man lives in prison and dies. How he dies, that's easy. The who and the why is the complex part. The human part. The only part worth knowing. So that's Oz. In a nutshell. Yeah. So did you guys have any favorite characters or hated characters? Of course. Of course. Care to uh, reveal that? <laughs> I was kind of happy with Rebidow most of the time. Sometimes his character. But I liked the old men. They were. I, I like. I liked Rivadao and Pusmal. And, and the mole. <laughs> yes. I got Mimnon. <laughs> yeah, those two were kind of fun. And, um. Uh, I, I actually kind of en- enjoyed, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word, but kind of the evolution of Ryan O'Reilly. Um, he had the biggest arc. He did. It was between him and and uh, and uh, Beecher. Beecher, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But like uh, after Beecher cleaned up, I w- I checked out. Oh yeah. yeah. After he got paroled for real. <laughs> no, after he cut his nails and shaved off his sideburns when he oh, was biking. Way back when. Badass, yeah. (laughs) Badass Beecher who was biting off cocks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and and another thing that the guy who played Robson, um, he was just originally just supposed to be that guy who got his the the end of his dick bitten off. But I guess they they liked his acting and everything and brought him back for um, the rest of the show. Yeah, he became kind of important yeah and who were some of your most hated characters <laughs> who did you not like i know a big one for me was how is it how um the co that slept with everybody yeah claire how yeah claire Ugh. she was irredeemable like she there was no way to make a storyline where she'd be sympathetic mm-hmm. yeah 
they they that was a weird trajectory because like they introduced a character and usually when you do this you want to go somewhere you, you they she made her clearly a villain she's attacking another character that we care about um you know she's manipulative and she's kind of evil about things and she just remained that way for the rest of the series yeah. <laughs> it was like there was no no, no path towards redemption, and except for this pregnancy angle, which I thought was lame, and it should have been an STD. It was kind of lame. Mm-hmm. Or AIDS. Yeah. Or maybe both, all at the same time, all three. <laughs> <laughs> Something to make, you know, if, if you're going to introduce a character like this, there's got to be a payoff for the people who are suffering through watching it. <laughs> I mean, they must have liked her as an actress, so they kept her on, and they allowed her to say things whenever they needed somebody to be a dick, but <laughs> what's up with, like, not giving us, a, you know, a satisfactory end to that character? Well. Getting her pregnant was not, you know... And then she's like, she's trying to be sympathetic because, oh, I can't have a brown baby in my neighborhood because they're all racist. Unlike me. <laughs> I mean, just come on. I mean, just saying that. It's like, really? Great. It's just like. Thanks, Claire. This character is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, conception-wise, is a terrible con-, con. It's a terrible construct. That wasn't paid off dutifully. If you're going to create a villain, kill the villain. Or, you know, either the villain succeeds or the villain goes out in a blaze of glory. But just having the villain shuffle off to Buffalo? Eh. <laughs> I think it was an interesting choice on, I guess, Tom Fontana's part to put a woman in that role. Well, they had to replace yeah. a woman who was leaving. Right, right. But to make her so villainous. All the other women on the show are so good. True. True. I think they were creating a villain, but they didn't give it the proper ending. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to tell me, Susan, that this was all an attempt to keep things for a possible movie. <laughs> oh man. This guy had pie. St- I don't know. No. <laughs> We're not interested in seeing that film. <laughs> well, what do you think were some, like the best storyline? Best storyline was Beecher's revenge. Oh yeah. Nails. <laughs> <laughs> became Wolverine. Come on, that was the best. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, <laughs> that was fan freaking tastic. I mean, that whole transformation from victim to predator was my favorite. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite season? I like. Well, as you know, I'm a big fan of Beecher and the Beecher and Keller thing. Um, but really, the Beecher and Keller storyline is your favorite? Well, Keller was part of Beecher's storyline, a big part. Right. 
But see, mm-hmm. the Beecher and Keller storyline is not part of Beecher's storyline that I would say was positive. No. I mean, no. like, I wouldn't say that was one of my favorite parts. You're saying that that is one of your favorite parts. Am I incorrect? Oh. Putting words in your mouth here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I, I like, you know, Beecher's character and just... And yeah, I mean, he did go through a lot of a lot of changes over the over, you know, the six seasons, and you know, a lot of it was due to Keller, and so that's why I'm tossing Keller in with Beecher in okay. the storyline. So, mm. and I guess I could toss Schillinger in there too, <laughs> <laughs> and have the the triangle. But I don't know if that counts as like a character instead of the storyline. <laughs> <So. laughs> it I works. Don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. And Amelia, anything other than than the evolution of Ry- Ryan O'Reilly? Not especially. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> and Alvarez was kind of good. Yeah. From time to time, I mean, I like fact that they created a character who tried so so hard to change his stripes mm-hmm. and even though it didn't turn out positive uh, i'm okay with that story I, because that character was pretty freaking annoying in the beginning <laughs> mm-hmm. he really became somewhat sage and wise but like yeah you could say the same about omar white and I told you, I was shocked that I felt anything for Omar White's demise. Right. That was a feat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Omar liked to sing, too. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes are calling. <laughs> We should get uh, what voice lessons for you and Omar. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I was in chorus. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Chris Glee. <laughs> so we know that my most hated storyline is the Chinese immigrants. Oh. How about you guys? Yeah, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> I don't know if it stacks up with most hated, but it's hard for me to, you know, I try and erase from my memory banks anything that <laughs> really. Yeah, I remember you. you bends the eye. The, um, the drug testing. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was your most incredulous oh. thing. See, I completely erased it. Yep, yep. It didn't happen. Let me remind you. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> aging medicine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, right. See, we put all this stuff out of our minds. We've already forgotten the show that we've just watched. That's not a good sign for a show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Just Shall we do a little dance, that. Amelia? Do a little dance. Well, we haven't we haven't heard what Amelia's hated the most. <laughs> The whole thing. <laughs> Everything Step after season one. 
everything, including season one. She was complaining at the first that, episode. Remember that first about? episode? Yeah. <laughs> the thing I hate most was the fact that I like Susan and would do things for her, like watch all these fucking episodes. <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> the whole kit and caboodle, all of it, just. Ugh. <laughs> hey, who wants the uh, season one DVD of Oz? I've got one. <laughs> so do I. I've got them all. Yeah, but I don't want to keep mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. If if a listener is interested in a copy of season one of Oz, let it, let me know. Yeah. Post a post a review on our iTunes, and it's that could be yours. Yep, it's a it's uh, it's better than the rest of it. <laughs> that yeah. would be my review. Yeah, <laughs> actually, watching it again, it's like after Adebisi's death. Yeah, you Adebisi, know, by that the way, would be one of my favorite characters. I I for, forgot to throw that in. Hmm. Yeah. Come on, that guy dancing in front of his <laughs> cell <laughs> at night with his hat defying gravity. That was, oh, glory days. He Back danced the through the was actually, yeah, he's yeah. just So, yeah, out of BC. I think he's my best. He's my fave. I, I think that would be where it went, where it started to go, was after, after he died. Yeah, he kind of died like a punk. Yeah. It's going to take out Saeed. I, he planned to go that way, though. Who planned to go that way? Um, Adebisi. What? Are you saying it was suicide? Kind of, yeah. No. Unless I misinterpreted the show, he was planning on killing... Just watch that episode again. <laughs> that that part again. I don't know. It seemed like it was to me. <laughs> like, Wait, like, I got a dismissive, just go watch it. I'm not going to bother to tell you why. Well, no, I'm going to <laughs> tell you why. too stupid to see it. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> but, yes, watch it again. So, <laughs> I'm saying, no. okay. Because Did you get this? Wait, Amelia, do you buy into this th- theory? <laughs> that it was a suicide? Well, can I explain why? <laughs> Because I, I don't remember it that way, but you know, if you've got an explanation, by all means. Well, I just he wanted was to get gonna hand tape. over. All right, he he was gonna hand over his um his videotapes, so he knew that that it was you know the jig is up, and um you know it was over. Corns, I think Corns had been fired by then. It, t- yeah, Corns was fired. Tim was back. So he was no longer in control. And so I I think he had planned to die. Interesting. That's my theory. I can think of a far less convoluted method of committing suicide than what he came up with. Yeah, but this is Oz. (laughs) He wanted to take Saeed down with him. So he wanted Saeed blamed for his murder? Yes. Really? And he kind of was. Okay, by okay, no, by that, by that justification, then Keller would have wanted to take Beecher down with him, and when he threw himself over the balcony, he would have grabbed on the Beecher and pulled him down with him. Well, he did say Beecher no, made it look like Beecher pushed him. 
He did do that. He he did. I don't know if he really did it loud enough for anybody to. Well, people heard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. But he didn't want to take Beecher with him. I guess he wanted Beecher to suffer without him. Because <laughs> he's a dick. His last <laughs> act of manipulation. See, that should have been epic. That should have been... I should have felt like, oh my god, that was such a twist. And I, all I felt was, oh god, this is over, thank you. <laughs> 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 it was just not... It, it, it yeah. wasn't a pull-the-strings type of character. It was such an obvious manipulation and a flip-of-a-coin sort of, um, you know, s- taking of sides. And that anybody would be pulled in. The only time it was kind of engaging and kind of interesting to me was when he was pulling the shit with P- Sister Peter Marie. Yeah. Then it kind of worked because... She is supposed to be a trained psychologist, and this person is making an effect on her life through his, you know, quirkiness and complete social misfitism. <laughs> I don't know what the right term is. Uh, <laughs> Manipulation? <laughs> oh, it's a sociopath. Sociopath, yeah, definitely. He was a, he, he's a psychotic mm-hmm. in every every step of the way. And yet she felt for him and would try and help him and try and get him back together with Beecher after he had done all those things to muddy the water between her and God and like and everything in her, her faith. So like once again, the story eventually turns to shit because you can't really reconcile a beast like this. And it should have been, to me, epic. It should have been like Gus. This is yeah. These are Gus maneuvers. I'm going to bring it back to Breaking Bad. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Gus was the kind of threat that could pull off these kinds of manipulations, like in his manipulation of... Uh, of um, of Jesse, you know, and, and make it sound and, and worthwhile and, and understandable and believable here. It just seemed like a bunch of guys in a writer's room saying, let's make them say this this week. And so like, I, I don't buy the character. I don't like the character and the character is worthless. <laughs> in my Eye candy for you, maybe, <laughs> but utter trash. <laughs> I hope he does better on SVU. <laughs> he did. He did. He did very well on SVU. I mean, and... he looks cool. He's got that big lantern jaw. Yeah. I could see him being a superhero. Mm-hmm. Guy's ginormous. Mm-hmm. But, uh, nah. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> this character sucked. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny because this is the way I kind of felt about Ryan O'Reilly in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And he was being Mr. Like, ha, 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 I'm going to twist the tables and turn it on you. But he actually turned out to be a full-fledged character. Mm-hmm. I could buy Ryan. I ain't buying Beecher. I'm not Beecher, sorry. Keller. 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 The few characters whose name I know I should keep right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, sorry for all you people who love Oz. I'm done shitting all over your series. <laughs> I still like it, so... <laughs> I guess this. I'm done, too. We will talk soon. We will. All right. Yeah. Hasta la bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.